Hey listeners, welcome to the Ad Intellect podcast. Today we have with us a very special guest, Shruti Mittal. Shruti graduated from IIT Guwahati as an electrical engineer and is currently working at Sprinkler as a product analyst. Last year she also started getting candid, which is an interview series where the world's top leaders share their professional journeys, strategies and personal stories to inspire young minds. Now she is working towards building a platform that allows more and more people to actively be a part of that network of leaders. Her achievements don't stop here. She's also a trained Bharatanatyam dancer and an excellent swimmer. My conversation with Shruti takes multiple different tangents throughout. The conversation starts with Shruti sharing her experiences at IIT and then how she was able to pivot into product at a very early stage. She then shares how getting candid came into existence and her plans to grow it further. She also shares about her biggest source of inspiration and her passion for dance and swimming. So without further ado, let's jump straight into the show. Hey Shruti, welcome to the Adelaide podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you for taking out the time from your busy schedule. You're working full time and also doing uh your initiative with getting candid i know it's a lot of commitments so thanks for being here at this time thank you so much for having me here it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and great to finally meet you awesome awesome so uh when i was doing my homework for this podcast uh and i was going through your profile a lot of questions were popping up in my head um uh, from here and there um but i think i think the best way to begin this is by uh, uh, like knowing a bit little bit about your journey so you graduated in 2020 from iit guwahati and then joined qualcomm as an associate engineer and then post that you quickly moved to the world of uh, product starting as a product analyst at sprinkler so i think before we you know jump on to your professional uh, journey let's talk about your iit experience a bit So how was it like like studying in Guwahati I know it's it's an extremely beautiful place and you must have a very pretty campus uh so if you can just throw some light on you know how was it studying out there how was how how what kind of student you were were you very studious like how was the campus life and all, all of that Yeah sure so thanks a lot for the question actually um I'm going down a memory lane right now but uh, i think to start with uh, the entire college journey right um, is a very precious time in everyone's lives i guess guests because um you know it really makes you learn to live study grow and uh, explore everything's that everything that's there around you um, in a completely different environment like away from family away from home and um, it makes uh, it makes you make really important relationships in life uh, whether it's with your friends colleagues or professors and all of that is very precious and mine was the same um, i really am very fond of all the memories that i have there but i think to start with uh, for every kid who has ever wanted to go to an iit uh, it's a dream come true to walk through those gates and see those big block letters uh, you know with iit written over there and then walk through it and it's an amazing feeling it's unmatched uh and i remember this one incident uh from the very uh first quiz that i had which i remember so clearly and i think i'll just share um so i always was one of those you know 10 on 10 kids um always always very competitive and um you know topping the class and everything so when i came here in iit uh i kind of had those expectations out of me uh but one realization that i had was after this uh quiz that i had um quizzes are something like we used to have unit tests in our college which would be one month into the semester right before the mid semesters we would have these uh small uh tests that we would have to take so in the first test i got an 8 on 10 and looking back those were great scores but uh then i reacted to it so much i remember i was standing in the auditorium and we were having a concert going on and i was crying in the middle of it because i had no idea to react to not a 10 on 10 and no idea to react on 
people getting more marks than me mm-hmm. but uh, eventually i think that's the biggest change that i've seen in myself that now looking back those scores seem like great that those were like great scores uh but having said that uh talking about iit guwahati uh like you said the campus is beautiful uh the campus is huge uh it's very green there are a lot of trees around it's always chilly because we are right uh, next to the brahmaputra river mm-hmm. and it's always like fresh air and everything and back in college uh, all of us used to have cycles mm-hmm. so i remember that every time you know i needed a break from studies or just just some fresh air i would hop on my cycle and i used to just go around the campus and it used to be the most wonderful time that i used to have um about being studious uh yes i was extremely studious i think most of the time that i spent in my campus was in the library and uh, i remember i used to go to my classes reach my classes about 10 minutes early i would take out my notebooks and three different colors of pens and i used to be ready for the professor to come and as soon as the professor would start speaking i would start taking notes and like two weeks before the exams everyone used to have uh, copies of that notes and everyone used to be studying from that so definitely yeah i've been a very studious person but uh, iit guwahati in general gave me a lot of opportunities to explore a lot of other things like uh, i'm a trained bharatanatyam dancer so classical dances come very natural to me uh, so while i was in guwahati assam i learned satriya which is the classical dance form of assam and at the same time i was in a swimming and um, we also had technish which is a techno management festival of iit guwahati mm-hmm. so i was a part of le- a lecture series module there as well so yeah a lot of things there and i think yeah been a really great experience awesome awesome i think i think that's a great story um I personally believe like eight out of ten is is a great score, but yeah, <laughs> like if you uh, if you were expecting a ten, get an eight. It's it's definitely a disappointment. But yeah, I think a lot of times what folks who are like very like really super achievers in their schools when they when they come to university, they realize that you know it's ten out ten out of ten in university is a myth technically. So <laughs> it it kind of humbles you down. um and i i can relate when you said that so i i was although i was not that kind of uh glorious student but i was an um very passionate note taker so i would take down a lot of notes during lectures and then towards the end of a semester during exams i would be handing out notes to everyone so i was i had that kind of monopoly in, in my uh class but yeah that's great um and I, i i really like the piece where you where you were already a classical dancer and then you learned a different form of dance uh during your college days so it was it was not just study 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 it was something uh else as well where you like kind of added added a start to your hobby and then uh, i i really like that story as well awesome so um i think i think we'll now move to your uh, the professional bit of your story so you started at uh, qualcom as an associate engineer but quickly pivoted to the uh, world of product uh, now at sprinkler um a fun fact that you're a th- you're the third guest who is currently working <laughs> or has worked at sprinkler in this podcast so that's there's something going on between sprinkler and uh, oh. uh like um yeah i mean the the very second guest on on the show was uh, gloria who interned at sprinkler um mm-hmm. now she's i think at ebay um i recently uh, had asha arvind akshan on the show so she is the vice president of operations at uh, sprinkler uh, i think she's based mm-hmm. out of uh, washington dc um so yeah and now you're the third one so i'll uh, after this episode i'll probably reach out to asha and gloria that you know <laughs> we we have another sprinkler person on on the episode they'll be re- really this happy is, this is so interesting actually yeah it's kind of this weird trend but yeah so my kind of question was that um so you moved to product 
I think at a at a fairly early stage in your career, uh, because you started as an engineer, which was I I think related to what you studied at university, right? Um, so yeah. how like when did you think that you know moving into product is something that you want to do, and then how did you prepare for that transition? Um, so during the four years of my college, uh, before I graduated, um, I did a bunch of internships and uh, most of them revolved around uh, coding or uh, building something uh, using different languages or um, different techniques. And after that, I had a full-time uh, role at Qualcomm as well as, as an associate engineer, where as well, I was doing uh, coding and then, uh, <clears throat> you know, just software development in general. Uh, throughout the process, uh, I think throughout all the internships that I've uh, done and also my full time, there was something that uh, really stood out for me, uh, which was also common uh, across all of these things, uh, which was that uh, I was either building a feature or I was making changes to an existing feature, or I would be working on an overall product and uh, or I would be making changes to that overall product. Uh, what happened was that um, I really began to wonder uh, by the time I started my uh, full-time role at Qualcomm, that where were these changes coming from? Like, where were we getting the requirements for these features? How were we deciding this? Uh, you know, are the customers coming out to us and telling us that they need this thing? And how do the customers know what they need? Uh, you know, like you would have heard um, Henry Ford's very famous line uh, that, you know, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. Yeah. So that was kind of my mindset. And I started really questioning why, like, why are we doing this? And where are we getting this information from that this is the right thing to do? And um, eventually, uh, so at that point, I wasn't uh, very well versed product. I didn't know much about user research, customer development, none of it. But uh, that was a changing point for me where I started uh, you know, really reading into it. And I started researching about these terms and what fits in where. And I started reading a lot of case studies. I started doing a lot of questions. Um, and then eventually I started looking at, you know, how different companies uh, have a very different approach to products and how they build in general, how they build their product and how, they, how do they respond to what customers are asking for. Uh, Eventually, I would also go on and connect with product managers from different companies. A lot of my friends who were also in product at the time, and I would discuss with them about different ideas that I had or different case studies that I had just read. And uh, eventually, I found uh, one website which gave me about 1,000 to 2,000 questions on product management. And uh, I took probably a month Mm -hmm. to do all of those questions and those were case studies guesstimates uh you know just uh, metrics like how to measure metrics etc those kind of problems and uh, after that whole span of two to three months mm -hmm. i finally decided that okay product is actually what I, what I want to go ahead with it is actually something that interests me and now i'll make the switch so that's when i uh applied at Sprinkler and now I'm working as a product analyst here. Perfect. Perfect. That's a great story. And it's it's always great to hear that. So technically your innate curiosity is what that led to you to venture into the world of product. Um, it's always it was great to hear like these kind of stories because um, usually what happens is that um, some like somebody would listen that you know product is a is uh, really the big thing right now it's 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 really getting the traction it's uh, getting the hype and mm -hmm. that's why i really want to go into product um i think if you think about what was trending five six years back it was data science so a lot of people would just jump onto data science bandwagon because it was uh, you know it was kind of a trending role um really not knowing what 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 it uh, entails, but it's it's really lovely to hear such stories where you know curiosity leads to something, and then you try to figure out what it is, and then it really matches with your interests, and then you go all in for that. So, um, really, really great. 
Um, cool. So I think uh, uh, let's move to the like my favorite part of the the whole episode. Um, so you recently launched the official website of Getting Candid. Um, why don't Why don't we start with like what Getting Candid is, and then how did that whole idea came along, and then then I'll uh, ask some follow up questions. Sure. So uh, Getting Candid is uh, a platform uh, that I've created to interview top uh, women leaders. And um, I talk about their journeys, uh, their professional stories, the challenges they faced and how they came over it. Uh, what are their advice to those who are just starting with their careers and those who want to be very influential leader, leaders later on. Uh, and you know about their personal interests. Um, how do they keep growing and learning even after being at that stage? And um, ultimately, everything about their life and their professional journey that made them what they are right now. Uh, how it started, so um, I actually started uh, almost a year back. It's almost a year now. Um, so I graduated in 2020. And um, when you come right out of college and you enter the professional world, it's a completely different environment. In the campus, you are in this closed environment and you're with your friends and very known people all around. And um, you have these specific tasks and you have to study, you have to do projects, maybe research. Uh, but when you come out into the professional world, uh, there are a lot of new people you meet and uh, the entire lifestyle changes. You have to work, you're given tasks and things completely change for you. So it, it's it's a big change. Yeah. and coming straight out of college, it's not very easy to really decide what's the best for you or what you're doing right now is what you want to continue doing. For example, I myself changed like six months into my job, I switched yeah. to product. So you never know if you want to you know, switch your role or you want to go for higher studies. And if it's an MS or an MBA or masters, so you, you never know that. Uh, I think it was it was the same with me. Um, and more than that, I made a very big decision switching from uh, development to product. And it, it was a big decision for me because, uh, like you said, you know, while even when I was in IIT, uh, this is what I always thought that I would do. Right. Yeah. Um, and then learning all about product in such a short time and then taking that big decision. Um, it definitely was a very, uh, you know, a, a confusing time for me I'd say yeah. uh, like you don't know where it's gonna go and you have no clarity but you're still working towards what you want to uh, mm. that's when it really struck me that it's probably just not me um, I know at least 600 other students who graduated in the same year from IIT Guwahati itself and yeah. then there would be so many other students would have graduated and who would be feeling the same thing and not just that everyone in their early stage career Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah so that was something that was really recurring in my mind and um, eventually I realized that there are so many leaders yeah. around us who have a story of their own right mm -hmm. they have um, their own motivational stories um, they have a lot of challenges that they faced and they fought it and they continue to do so yeah and they have so much experience in the real world the professional world that we are just stepping into that there's going to be so much to take back from it yeah, yeah. so that's how i initially started and mm -hmm. um, i did a couple of interviews and i began to realize that it's not just college pass outs or really people in their early stages of the career you know it's everyone everyone yeah. faces some challenge or the other and in any stage of their life in any stage of their careers and eventually uh, it helps everyone to know of an inspiring story from an inspiring leader yeah so that's how I um, initially started getting candid and I'm continuing that because um, I really love everything that I learned from it and then which I'm able to help everyone um, in my audience to learn from great great yeah I think that's why I was really attracted. So when I came across your your website and I 
explored a bit. I read a few interviews that you did with with some of the leaders. I was um, really pulled into it because at at somewhere I was doing the same thing with this podcast, and the intent was start intent of starting the podcast was was quite similar. So I was like, uh, you know, there's this person who is doing probably the exact same thing, but on a different platform. So why not let's connect with them and try to learn from them. Um, so that was kind of the the point where I decided that you know I I would reach out to you for the podcast and uh, it'll be great to have a conversation with you. Um, also, uh, like we were talking earlier, right? The way you structure your your interviews with those leaders were quite similar. I used to structure my podcasts, so it was it was really nice to um, you know getting to know somebody who's probably doing the things similar things also the similar way so uh, that's 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 really awesome and i i read uh, so y- you frequently talk to various women leaders and you try to gather insights and actionable ideas from their experience which is which is great um um i i think i read three of three of those interviews and i actually learned quite a lot from 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 the the people that that were there so that that's that's great um so i i have a few questions uh bundled around getting candid uh we'll probably go through them fairly quickly um what, what i so like these are like the the questions which i decided i really wanted to ask so that i can probably take away something from them and then the audience will also take away something from them um so what's your secret sauce behind you know getting who's who of the industry and getting candid like how how do you approach them so that they let you interview them because you really have some great names out there so just want to know like what's your process on how to approach industry leaders um so i um in general i keep myself uh, very uh, updated with what's on the news um mm-hmm. and uh, you know who's doing what uh and uh, i attend a lot of conferences a lot of discussions um lectures or podcasts um that i come across and mostly i come across those on linkedin and uh, for example uh, before i interviewed michelle parsons who's the cpo at hinge um i just the week before that i was uh, listening to her podcast and then later i was also part of a conference that she was holding okay so um i think the way i do it is really um someone who really catches my eye and someone that i'm already inspired uh, with you know and that's who uh, i want to reach out to and then usually what i do is i send them an email requesting them to um you know letting me interview them or i contact them on linkedin and whichever works i mean that's that's how i just do it because um i really share like how much uh, that that i am i am inspired and then their stories would further inspire a lot more people like me yeah and yeah that's that's how i reach out to right reach out to them awesome um i think it's it's a similar process for me as well um uh majority of the guests i i reach out to like especially whom i don't know so when i started the podcast i like naturally i had to start with with my friends and people who i knew personally but eventually it moved on to you know getting people on the show whom i really didn't know before i haven't talked to them that much but um the way i did it was that so let's say i'm 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 su- i'm subscribed to a newsletter which i really love and i'm reading it every week so yeah. and i really like the ideas and thoughts uh from that from that person i would probably reach out to them via email or twitter or linkedin that you know i really like this newsletter and then can we uh can you come on the podcast to talk about this so um an example of this was fairly early in the podcast i had abhinandan shah on on the show who's uh, who's i think um a machine learning leader at barclays so mm-hmm. like long before that like even before the podcast idea was in my mind i i was subscribed to a newsletter that he writes every week uh, called mindfulness index and there was one one typical newsletter about mental models which i really loved so when i approached abhinandan i said that you know this this newsletter i really liked and 
uh, this is like I'm I'm currently starting a podcast. If you can come to the show and talk about mental models, I think that'd be great. So that that was that was awesome. So yeah, I think um, so. It, it's good to know that we share something as well with regards to how you approach yeah. uh, these people as well. So that's that's great. Um, the second question was, what are your future plans with getting candid, and then how do you plan to grow it further? Uh, any plans to launch a podcast as well, probably somewhere down the line? Uh, so, um, since the entire concept of getting candid is based around um, talking about inspirational stories of influential leaders, um, and this is majorly to reach a lot uh, of the people who are probably at the same uh, stage as me. And I don't mean career stage, just, you know, mm. trying to explore things. Okay. Uh, so I think my major objective would be to uh, build this into a community mm. where I can bring more people in and um, I can help them directly reach out to them. So if they have any questions or have any suggestions, mm. I can really incorporate those into the interview. So it's not just me asking the questions, but it's the questions of everyone who's listening or yeah. you know wh whoever is a part of it. And uh, eventually, yes, um, absolutely. I think uh, visual and uh, audio representations, I mean, those are the best ways for uh, making people really learn and really absorb what someone's talking about so yeah i would uh, love to explore that as well someday hopefully i'll have a podcast as well or a youtube channel and maybe we can collaborate as well oh yeah i would i would love <laughs> to be um on the show as a because it's 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 really it gets really boring and tiring to be on the other side always so i would love to be a guest as well on, on one of the podcasts <laughs> it's yeah so <laughs> kind of getting like giving yourself a chance to share a journey right rather than just asking questions to other people so yeah definitely would like love to collaborate and, and be on the show um awesome so the last one is your three top most most special learnings that you have gathered from all the people that you have interviewed till now okay um so I think one thing that uh, I saw very common across uh, every uh, leader that I've interviewed so far was the willingness to learn and mm -hmm. always being curious. So okay. one thing that I really took back from that was um, obviously all of these leaders are very experienced and they have a lo lot of expertise mm -hmm. and probably the best in their fields, one of the best in their fields. Yeah. Um, but they have this curiosity to always keep learning. And that's not really, that may not really be related to what they really work on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone is a leader in tech, it's mm -hmm. not always going to be about, you know, they're not always only going to be interested in what's happening in tech and how they can use those technologies to build their products. But it's also about being curious about what's happening in general, you know, in general, how the businesses are performing, mm -hmm. what are the product expectations, what are the customers asking for, and, um, you know, have an overall perspective and overall view of what's happening. Okay. And I think that's unmatched because um, in this ever evolving industry that we are in currently, it's extremely important that you invest time every day mm -hmm. to just learn, to just read something, a newsletter or watch a video or listen to a podcast, okay. but just be updated. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the second one would be... Um, that everyone that I've talked to so far mm -hmm. has always had a story to share. Mm -hmm. Now, that could be a story that um, really motivates them. Yeah. A memory that probably, uh, you know, was a, a very a pivoting point in their careers mm -hmm. or some challenges that they faced and they fought those. So I think everyone really has a story and there's a lot to take back from it. Um, and a lot to learn because somehow or the other um, you might find yourself in a similar place and there's a lot to learn from that and really know how you can handle things better yeah. and uh, I think the third one that I absolutely believe in myself is um, something that is basically to believe in yourself and believe in your dreams 
I think um, every everyone that I have talked to so far, all of the leaders, they all had some major decisions to take in life. And, you know, you have to always take these decisions on what you really want to achieve or what you really want to pursue. But it's just about really having faith in yourself, in your dream and just going for it. Just work hard for it. Just push yourself to it. You Obviously, you will have a lot of challenges your way because it's something that you're doing new maybe. Mm-hmm. But it all boils down, boils down to what you're willing to give to it. Yeah. and just just go for it and you know believe in yourself and believe in your dreams awesome that's that those are like three wonderful wonderful uh learnings that he just shared one one thing I, I really would like to add um something i realized while i was doing the podcast and um so I, I, as i told you like in, especially initially i was i had a couple of folks who i already knew uh from before really really good friends uh, people from my network but the thing mm-hmm. eventually I realized was that um, like when you're having these kind of conversations with people it doesn't matter if you know somebody for like since the last 10 years or you know somebody in the last 10 days you always end up learning at least one two three yeah. four new things when you when you're done with the podcast or you're done with the interview so Absolutely. that that thing was like truly transformational for me because I I had talked to friends who I knew since a lot of years and then I I I would have like gazillion normal random conversations with them. But when I was sitting here doing the podcast and I and I wrapped up the podcast and I then I reflected upon it, I actually learned something new. So mm-hmm you know, having these, these level of conversations, it's, it's truly tra- transformational because you, the learning curve that you personally have is, is, is really, really awesome. And it's, it's really inspirational to have such accredited leaders in front of you who are willing to share their story to the world. So that, that's, that is great. Um, one bonus question very quickly, um, like, uh, so I'll give, uh, give a background. So when I was I was starting the podcast, I made a list of um, so I called it a moonshot guest list where I throw in names who people who are really really admired and who I knew it was it would be next to impossible to have them on the show. But I still made that list just to motivate myself. To so do you have such kind of list or do you have like any moonshot guests that you would like to have on the uh, on getting candid? Oh, okay. This is, um, so <laughs> I am a huge fan of Priyanka Chopra's, honestly. Okay. Okay. And I think, um, someday when, uh, I'm able to maybe even reach out to her, mm-hmm. I definitely would want to reach out to her and, uh, interview her because I think I just, um, when I was growing up, I watched a lot of her movies. But uh, the time when I really became a fan of hers was uh, when she was everywhere. She was in Hollywood. She was singing. She was investing in businesses. And um, it really made me believe that she's unstoppable. And uh, she will be the person that I would really want to uh, interview someday. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think think she's incredible. Although I'm not very much into... Uh, Bollywood currently but I think uh, she like the the good part about her is that she she moved into Hollywood like years ago and then she's also really appreciated in, in that culture as well and then she's she has done really a, a great job in, in Bollywood as well so she definitely as you said she's everywhere and she's just like nailing it uh, in, in, in every field so she constantly she's always pushing herself like yeah she never pauses. She's always going. Like once she's achieved something, she was going for something else. And I think it's incredible. I mean, it's great. Awesome, awesome. So I really hope that you probably get your chance to interview her at at some stage. <laughs> awesome, cool. So um, we'll move to this next stage of the podcast, which um, I think the question would be really 
special to you. Uh, and and I'm glad that we had this conversation before we we did the final recording because nowhere in the world I could imagine that like you really had this story because mostly what I would do is, I mean, the, the, the total avenues I have for somebody is probably their LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, website, that's it. So um, I'm, I'm really happy that um, I'm getting to ask you this, this question um, and we glad really glad that we connected before so it could happen. So when we were having this initial conversation about the podcast, you mentioned that, you know, your mom is one of your biggest sources of inspiration in what you do currently and then what you have achieved so far. Um, and I believe that there's a very special and interesting story behind it. So would you mind sharing it on the podcast? And I think a, a lot of listeners who's listening to this and otherwise as well would really be able to connect uh, with the story. Yeah, so um, that's absolutely true. Uh, my mother is the uh, ultimate form of inspiration for me. And um, I have always uh, looked up to her ever since I was a kid. And I've always appreciated, uh, I mean, I, I was really young, uh, maybe four or five years old. And ever since then, I used to really appreciate the very small things that she would do to me. I don't know if I've ever told her that, but yes, this is something that, uh, so my, my mother is working and uh, she used to uh, go to office back when I was a kid. And I remember that um, we used to be me and I have a younger sister as well. Uh, so both of us used to be in daycares and um, my mother used to come from office um, maybe around 738 and then uh, she would pick us up and then she would uh, sit us down on the, uh, the kitchen, uh, the, the, the slab that you have. She would sit us down there and then she would cook food while talking to us and she would ask us about our day and about what we did at school, uh, what did we learn new, how was our homework going. And she would make sure that the last meal that we were having of the day, all four of us, we sat together and uh, we had home cooked meal. And uh, that was really important to her. And I think that built that value in both me and my sister as well. Um, she has always been so dedicated to us. I think after having a full-time job uh, and being able to do this, I think it's incredible. And I think it's not appreciated enough in general. Uh, I, I have a full-time job and I know that I struggle to make an omelet for myself. So yeah. I can imagine what, you know, what it would have been for her. And uh, uh, she was really fond of actually Bharatnatyam. Um, and at the age of four or four and a half, I think she put me to the classes and uh, I've been learning that for 18 years now. And uh, she was so dedicated about my classes. She would come back from office, take me to the classes, make sure that I was doing all of the extracurriculars that I'm either interested in or I should know, like drawing, piano lessons, singing, and um, specifically for dancing. Um, so there's this uh, there's this concept called uh, Arangetram. So it is basically um, in Bharatatyam, what happens is after a certain, uh, after a few years of training, you're ultimately introduced as someone who can, you know, take the stage and who can perform. And that's called an Arangetram, where the dancer will perform, you know, for two to three hours uh, alone on the stage. And they will showcase all of the different kinds of dance forms that they have learned. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the most um, important, I would say, most important um, steps or stages uh, when you're learning a classical dance form to really present yourself as a dancer standing alone and dancing for two to three hours. And uh, I was the youngest one in my dance class to have, have ever done an Arangetram. And that was all because my mother was so dedicated to it and she would make sure that she's not only coming to the dance class and sitting with me, but also make sure that I'm actually going home and practicing it. And I think uh, once I even told my mother that, uh, you know, I want to be an Olympic level swimmer. And the very next day she put me to swimming classes and she made sure that she was there all the time. And I think um, even my education and making sure that I'm studying and I have everything that I need, uh, she's always been there, not just in a supportive way, but also, you know, if I had any doubts, 
when i was preparing for iit as well i would go to her so many times uh, just asking her doubts and getting those clarified she's pretty great at math physics so she used to help me out a lot a lot there as well so yeah i think i think there's a lot of story in there uh and that's what uh, kind of motivated me to also specifically interview women leaders at getting candid because i want to share that story as well i mean these are super humans and uh, there's so much that they can really uh, so much that they can give to us that can really motivate us yeah yeah that's that's the story wow that's 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 incredible i think every piece of it is like so special like uh where do where do i start i think i think your achievement with so was she a classical dancer as well uh she wasn't but uh, i think she also always wanted to learn okay um and she she wasn't so and then it she was like okay i really want my kids to learn bharatanatyam yeah. yeah yeah no that's 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 really special um yeah i i mean definitely i think mothers to make a lot of sacrifice uh i can vouch it for my mom as well because she was also focused uh uh when i was as uh, when i was a little kid going up that you know i should have everything uh, at my disposal and you know i should study well she was really focused trying to make me study i was i was really a, i was i really hated study at that point of time and she she used to do everything so that i can like get to study score well be good at sports and stuff like that so a lot of sacrifices that she made with her time to make um make the kids really shine well um but yeah i think i think your story is is really special and i think uh, moms in general do play a lot of yeah they go through a lot just to shape up their kids in a way that's 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 good for them it's it's really ignored especially especially growing up right um, yeah like we are more inclined towards our friends than to our parents and uh we would probably listen more to what our friend is saying rather than to what what they are saying so it's it's really a tough mm-hmm. kind of um thing to to be a parent in general um but yeah i i like i i was able to remember certain anecdotes Mm-hmm. i had with my mom as well who who really played a significant role in what i am today so that's great probably we can dedicate this episode to to your mom who really um worked so hard so that you could achieve what you uh you like what you achieved at um, until now and then later as well so really a beautiful story um thank you cool um moving ahead I had saved the last bit of the episode for some fun lighthearted questions just to uh like know what you what you do in your free time what are your hobbies what books are you reading so um I I'll, I'll start with a really great question I know you touched base on some of your memories from your uh, college experience but what's your absolute favorite memory from IIT it could be quirky candid we are all ears for for any sort of memory that you have which which you really reflect upon today as well um so i think um, my entire experience was filled with so many uh, great memories that are just flashing right now in front of me um but i think uh, one of these really stand out um so like i mentioned uh, we had a techno management festival in uh, iit guwahati that's called techniche and we uh, also had a module in there which was called lecture series and pro nights so what uh, what entailed there was basically um, we were a team of students uh, we were led by three heads and uh, they would guide us and they would teach us like when we first came into college we were freshers and we didn't really have any idea about how this would work mm-hmm. so they would really guide us and they would lead the team and um, the idea would be to uh, invite speakers from uh, different uh, fields um, that are there different um, industries from different countries etc and they would come and they would deliver uh, lectures um in our college during this festival 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the second part, uh, the second part to that was pronouns, which were a more um, a cultural uh, kind of a night. So these used to be like you know after sunset, um, there would be these um, events like you know a band probably coming in or a stand up comedian coming in. So these were some uh, you know activities that were there mm-hmm. throughout this festival. So um, eventually, um, when I joined in, I joined as a fresher, and then um, I made it to the heads as well, where uh, I then had a team of my own, and then uh, we together would work towards inviting uh, speakers and artists to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was this one event that we had, where we had to um, we had to launch techniche to the audience so every year what happens is uh, about six months before techniche mm-hmm. um, we used to have this entire launch thing where in the auditorium there would be a lot of uh, a lot of the students a lot of audience and a lot of people visiting the campus and uh, we would launch techniche in front of them and then they, we would invite them to the techniche that was coming six months later okay. so I remember that um, I was given an opportunity by my team to go and launch Techniche with a partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still remember the lights on the stage when I was standing there. And through the lights, um, all I could see were silhouettes. But I knew that every single person uh, who was really important to me, all of my friends, mm-hmm. all of the professors who were really important to me, and people that I had worked with, Everyone's, everyone was there in that room and they were watching me launch Techniche, which is so close to my heart. Okay. So I think that was like, I still remember walking on that stage and I was very nervous because I had to speak in front of so many people. I was terribly nervous, but uh, I have this entire memory so clear in my head and I can still feel the lights in my eyes. And um, yeah, I think that's the happiest memory that I have. Like everything stopped for a second there. Awesome, awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Although I was expecting some something along the lines of how you sneaked out of the hostel at a at a late hour, but yeah, say we'll save that story for for a later day. <laughs> no, that's 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 great. Um, I I was personally a really terrible speaker terrible public speaker all through my college college days and I, I don't think I'm really good now as well but yeah um, I think your experiences back then really you know made you like this this phenomenal speaker now and then you were able to interview other other folks as well so everything connects uh, at a later stage um, awesome moving ahead um, I was I was curious, like definitely like with 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 a full-time job and the initiative that you have, you must have a bad day most of the times because definitely it really requires a lot. Um so but like do you have certain hobbies that you do in your free time and how do you de-stress yourself after a long day of work? Do you have certain mindfulness practices? Uh so I don't actually um have anything specific when you talk about mindfulness practices but yeah this is something that I do uh, usually my day starts at around um, 9 30 a.m and uh, what I do what I like to do is I like to wake up half an hour before that and I spend that half an hour with a diary and a pen in my hand and I write down everything that I want to do uh, in, in the whole day. And that includes um, office work as well as personal work, even a workout and everything, just everything that I want to achieve before I sleep tonight. And I think that really helps me keep um, a sane mind throughout the day and just, you know, it's like a tick, tick, tick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how it goes for me. And um, hobbies, um, I think my f- absolute favorite hobby is swimming. Um, okay. I it's it's a great workout, mm-hmm. and um, other than that, I think when you're just in the water and you're you know just going underwater and you're swimming, it's an amazing feeling. It's like you're cutting out cutting off from everywhere, and it's your own time, yeah. and you're doing something for yourself there. So yeah, I think that's that's it. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Do you still dance? Like 
do you still practice classical dance now um sadly i don't uh, really do that a lot um, mm. it's very rare probably once in a month okay. uh, if i'm maybe missing it but yeah maybe i should get back to it yeah i think i think that's something very special to you you should probably keep doing that every now and then that'll be that'll be great um awesome another technique which i recently learned from from a podcast as well um i'm not sure who who was it i think it was i think it was near near real um so i used to make those to do lists as well but the problem was i i would make the list but at the end of the day i would just do two out of 10 things and the rest eight would just go down the drain um one thing which i learned from the podcast and i also started implementing was i'm i'm not sure if you do it or not probably you you, you do it but i i make create a to do list and then i put that to do list in my calendar and i block a certain block of time for that what yeah. what it really helps me is that i know these are the 10 things i have to do but i also tag a time to it so i'll record this podcast at 9 am 9 pm i would uh, prepare for this meeting at 8 am what it it really changed the game altogether because now i have certain blocks of time which go hand in hand with my to do list and i it's it's really transformational so if you feel you're you know lagging on that to do list i'll i'll really recommend you to do that um yeah no absolutely i i i do quite a lot of the same thing so hmm. um even when i'm making a to do list for what i have to do in work uh what i do is like the first thing i um, do as soon as i'm writing making that to do list i'll just uh, schedule all those meetings immediately so yeah. if i have to talk to someone or i have to discuss something i'll just immediately the first thing i'll do logging in would be to just send those e- emails out to connect mm. and even if it's something personal that's the first thing i do because then uh, like i have initiated it and then i know that i have to keep a track of it yeah no that's great that's that's awesome uh moving ahead so which book do you have on your website bedside table and what would be your top book recommendations um so currently i am reading uh, inspired by marty kagan uh, it's a great book on product um, yeah. and you know how to really build uh, tech products that the customers really you know use mm-hmm. and uh, i think uh, other than that uh, i have two book recommendations actually that uh, i recommend everyone to read even even my friends and everyone my family Uh, because these really changed the way uh, i think and i utilize my time in general and how i keep improving myself so one is um one is uh, atomic habits by james clear okay so that's a great book that talks about uh, specifically talks about how uh, if you try to improve yourself by just a little bit every yeah. single day uh, by the end of a year you see all of that compound and you can see a very significant change in yourself yeah and that could be you know just learning or maybe building a habit or whatever it is that you have in mind mm-hmm. um the other book is very close to me uh i think also because it was the first uh, self development kind of a book that i read and i was probably in 8th grade when i read that because my mom was reading that mm-hmm. so uh that book is called outliers by malcolm gladwell Wow. and um what uh, he talks about that really st- stuck with me even you know something that i really practice even today mm-hmm. is how putting an effort into something really makes a difference and really makes you perfect and he talks about how you know 10000 hours of practice is what makes you perfect and you have to give in that much time and you have to give much give that much commitment to yeah. whatever you want do to see yourself very significantly improve or be really successful in what you want to do yeah so i think yeah so i mean atomic habits and outliers both of these books 100% recommend to everyone who's into reading awesome uh, another coincidence i am currently reading atomic habits um oh. i have it open on my kindle really so I'm on the, the one uh, Yeah, I'm I'm on the chapter 15 currently. Uh almost halfway through it. 
So, mm-hmm. and definitely, I think it's it's the most recommended book ever that I've. Yeah. I I was interestingly I knew about Atomic Habits uh, since a long time, but I was sort of avoiding it without any reason. But then, so many people recommended me, and I was like, you know, let's let's try it. Um, let's see what what the hype is about and i think it's it's really a life changing book about habits um yeah. i've picked up a few bits and pieces out uh, from it um which i'm currently implementing one one specifically with regards to the workout so um i'm a i'm a big procrastinator when it comes to workouts but now so there's one so he talks about cues and everything right so what i do is um i mean what used to happen is so i would like like i would want to you know work out first thing in the morning probably do some yoga meditation stuff like that but i would just wake up just skip that thought all together prepare a coffee and then start working <laughs> but now what i have tried to do it is i would so the last night i would uh put down the yoga mat uh on the floor put place my dumbbells right next to it and just keep it very near to my bed so that when i wake up now the first thing that i have to do is is work out so i've tried to do that and i actually tried it last week and currently i'm on a seven day streak of the workout so i haven't missed a workout since then so That's... it 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 really works um, i think you should celebrate that <laughs> yeah so no i think i think that's a that's a great book and outliers as well another one i i have it on my kindle haven't read that yet but definitely on my reading list um yeah absolutely awesome no i think i think those are great recommendations and inspired as well i have read it because i am also very enthusiastic about digital products and everything else it's it's another great great book um i would i i actually have a, rec- a recommendation for you as well it's it's not a, a book created to directly to to products but i think it's it's great when it comes to technology uh, i'm not sure if you've heard about uh, clayton christensen i've not let me let me note it down yeah um so he um he passed away last year probably but he was a great great person when it comes to innovation and stuff like that i think he was a professor at harvard i'm not 100% sure um mm-hmm. but he there's his book called the innovator's dilemma so he's a series of books around innovation and digital products which is really great the way he thinks about uh, all these things so i would totally recommend that um yeah definitely- awesome great um so this this question i picked up from from another podcast i won't take credit for it but i i think it was really thoughtful and insightful and i really wanted to ask uh, you you this question so when you when you grow old and you look back on your life how do you want people to remember you wow that's a great question yeah um i think uh, for me it is really important to be remembered as someone who is very kind mm-hmm. um and i think i get this from my father he is um, he's an extremely caring person very kind and always there for his friends or family whoever needs him mm-hmm. and i think uh, you know ultimately whatever relationships you make uh whether those are friends or professional relationships uh whatever it is um ultimately people do remember you by how you treated them and if you were there for them when they needed you and i think that's something that i really value and in fact if i picture myself old i see myself sitting you know somewhere in the backyard with my friends playing bridge maybe i don't know so yeah i mean that's relationships that i build are something that i would want to take with me and i think that would really mean that i value kindness a lot and i think that's how i would want to be remembered wow that's that's a very profound thought and i think i think that's a that, that's a great thought uh, definitely kindness trumps trumps everything uh, 
in the end and yeah i think i think it's a great note to end the conversation i really thank you again for your time with this um um it's it's really great to have like achieved so much in just a short period of time but you're you've always been grounded and i think with your story uh with with your mom being your inspiration and then your love towards classical dance swimming about from everything else that you achieved i think i think you had a great story to share so thanks thanks for that thank you so much for having me here I, and it was great to talk to you like just want to point out that uh, amazing questions and uh, really loved answering all the questions and a great conversation i think i it was a great conversation perfect perfect and i'll 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 be looking forward to being the guest on your podcast sometime in the future <laughs> all right perfect thanks so much hey listeners thank you for tuning in to add intellect the contact details of the guests and any additional relevant links are available in the show notes below we'd love to hear what you think about the podcast so please write to us on @intellect@gmail.com until next time Peace.